Hello! <laughs> Welcome to episode 15 of The Matchup, a storytelling podcast from St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where you, the listener, gets to decide who told the most compelling story. I'm your host, Jason Franklin, and today for this very special episode, we have the very important people. Ooh. We get to welcome back the Reverend Sarah Audrey Graves. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> and the Reverend Nancy Vaders. Hi, friends. How you doing? Great. Great. <laughs> I'm not lying. That's uh, fine. I'm fine. How, how are we feeling the holiday spirit today? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Well, I hope this podcast starts with some jingle bells. Oh, I know, right? That's you a really know? good idea. Yeah. Or, or some fancy Wham. advent music. Yeah. Wham's Last Christmas. That's my request. <laughs> okay. Seems well, appropriate. <laughs> it says the person who has been listening to Christmas music since uh, November first, like day after Halloween. Yeah, that's because that's when you're supposed to. Me and Nancy have strong disagreements, like <sighs> much like Nightmare Before Christmas disagreements. I'm sorry that y'all don't embrace the season of God's love <laughs> <laughs> as fervently as I do. We're not really Christian, like, like, like you are. Not like you are, Nancy. <laughs> Me and Mariah Carey. <laughs> So in case you haven't guessed, today's theme is Advent versus Christmas. Um, Sarah and Nancy, you were both in episode two together. Ooh. Yeah, it's been some time since we've That was the while. first one I ever recorded. I think yeah. we recorded like all the way back in August. Yeah. Does that even exist? Yeah. I don't know. What is time? <laughs> Currently, Sarah is winning <gasps> in the votes. <gasps> I was winning forever. Nancy, <laughs> thoughts? I forgot what the subject was. Worst, Worst apostles. Worst apostles. Judas and, and Peter. Peter. Well, obviously, I was winning for quite some time. Yep. So I think Sarah called her family and <laughs> yeah, told them <laughs> and sent them the link. And Thanks was like, for all the hey, votes, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just vote for me? That'd be great. And now that's what I'm going to do when I get right. home today. <laughs> um. Uh, so in each episode, our two guests will present their case. We'll talk a little about it. And after the episode, you get to vote on who told the most compelling story. Normally, I'm the only person who knows what story each person is going to tell. But since we're doing Advent and Christmas, you yeah. only get one of two choices. Um, I figured for this episode, we'll go in chronological order. Oh, so I knew it. Nancy, would you like to take it away? I'm ready. I'm ready because I love Advent. Okay, you already said I listen to Christmas music. November 1st, <laughs> it's time. And I've already been to Tanglewood to see the lights. Spoiler alert, guys. If you go early before Thanksgiving, there's no line. Yep. So Because it's not right. Because it's not right. <laughs> because it's so right. And God is blessing you with no lines at Tanglewood. So there you go. No, it's because look, I'm here for it. Okay. I'm okay. here for all of it. And it's not really like Christmas I'm here for. I mean, I'm here for Advent. I love Advent. I love the storytelling. I love the music. I love this like kind of anticipation. Um, I think it's been a little hijacked by mm. the consumerism of Christmas and all mm. of that stuff. Cause it's like, it's, it really should be a time that you're pacing yourself and that you're listening to these stories um, from the Bible that are kind of tying this bigger story together mm. But instead, it's like, I get on Amazon and check my list. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got to get those Taylor Swift tickets. Got to yeah. get them. Well, you yeah. can't. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a Christmas miracle in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some, what I love about Advent is because it's kind of unexpected every year how the kind of build up to Christmas is going to change you. Mm. You know, how you're going to be prepared to approach this very sacred season 
and time. And I kind of love that. It's kind of unexpected and it kind of changes the way you see your life kind of intermingled with this bigger story of God. So even though I do all these Christmassy things, Mm -hmm. it's not about rushing into Christmas for me. It's kind of about rushing into Advent because I love it so much. And I always feel like I learn something new from these old stories every time. So Advent calendars. That's my next subject. (laughs) They have been co-opted into horrible things. There's like Harry Potter advent calendars and Pokemon advent calendars, which I have bought for my children. (laughs) I I will freely confess I purchased Mark a beer advent calendar this year. (laughs) I got Chris a whiskey one. Did you guys get one? Last year. See, they're like all, remember what it used to be growing up? I had these advent and it was like a picture. Yeah. And that was like, you open the the door and you'd be like, Oh, an angel. You know, or it'd be like a Christmas ornament that my mom would restuff the next year just sure. in different drawers. It's yep. fine. Yep. But I love the concept of an advent calendar because it is about pacing your way through the season. And because I'm a nerd, and part of the reason why I'm Episcopalian is I'm a nerd, is because the lectionary readings, the gospel mm. readings for Advent are so good about preparing the way to tell this Christmas story. So I kind of want to do a little gospel advent calendar (laughs) to talk about Mm -hmm. the different gospel readings that are going to be at each Sunday during Advent. And these are cliff notes. I only have to preach one of these, so I'm not like deep diving into this. (laughs) So this is kind of what, this is a little preview of what you'll get about how these readings are kind of just laying the bricks on the pathway to Christmas. And they don't at first glance always kind of seem connected, Mm. um, but they really are. So this is, uh, they're all from Matthew's gospel and this is week one. So this is not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday. Which would be the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The second Sunday after Thanksgiving. 27th. Yeah. I should know all the Sunday dates, (laughs) (laughs) but this is the first Sunday of Advent. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Ooh, I love that. Mm -hmm. It's more Halloween sometimes than Christmas. But this is Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, and he's literally telling his disciples and telling us to wake up, to be aware that God is at work in the world and we are an integral part of that work. And we can't know the exact time. We can't plan, but we can start preparing ourselves for this kind of like reality that God's presence in the world is going to change and it is changing. And we in turn are going to be changed with it. And it's like this cosmic pot that Jesus is like stirring up. And telling us that it's it's time, y'all. Like, this is about to get real. Things are about to start happening and changing. And it is kind of this 30,000-foot view that Jesus is taking of God's work in the world and God's eventual finishing of that work. So this is like, I wasn't using fancy words, but this is like <laughs> an eschatological view, which is like the revelation of God's finished work in yeah. the world. That Jesus, it's kind of like an eschatological sermon that Jesus is giving and the beginning and the end of God's plan is just kind of all being stirred up and we're to get ready and stay awake and be prepared. So that's Advent one. 
Mm. cosmic pot Mm -hmm. of stuff Mm -hmm. happening. (laughs) I know. It's like, ooh, it's good. So week two is John the Baptist. And it's the introduction of John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. And it tells us how weird he is, what he looks like. Like this, this dude is just coming at you with his furs on and his camel hair. And he just looks a hot mess, but he's got a good word to speak. And so this is John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So I didn't read the whole reading, but the first part of the reading is kind of explaining this is who John the Baptist is. This is his kind of like rustic aesthetic. (laughs) (laughs) As you should know, this is is his vibe. Um, Often John the Baptist is called the forerunner uh, because he's the one who proclaims that um, it's time to prepare and that the Messiah is coming. And so the gospel kind of explains both his wild look and what would have been his wild message. Mm. Um, And he's telling... In similar in the ways that Jesus is saying, um, John is being a little more literal and a little more on the ground with this message. Mm-hmm. Like, this is happening. And he's calling out, later in the gospel reading, he calls out these religious leaders because they think the message is just for them. Yeah. Because this is their story. And John the Baptist knows that it is not just their story. This is everyone's story. And he's the one who gets to start telling it. And it just really... It's a very exciting moment because John knows that God's entrance into the world is something that's going to just like destroy human boundaries. And that is what's so cool about Advent is you're not just preparing for like this sweet little story about a baby being born. You're preparing for the whole world to change. And so that's kind of John's first wild word. And we get that in Advent too. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. Advent three. So John has been imprisoned, John the Baptist, and now it's kind of Jesus's turn to take John's message and make it his own. So this is from Matthew. John has been in prison and Jesus says, Jesus' disciples ask him, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. So this is basically an assurance of John's ministry by Jesus. This is Jesus making it clear that God's time on earth is right here and right now. And that time is spent kind of stitching up or stitching together the wounds of the world. Like Jesus is very literal about these aspects of his mission. He's here to proclaim God's work on earth. And part of that work is literal healing of people, but also a stitching up and a healing of humanity. And that's why he's here. And that's, that's why he's kind of saying, yes, John's in prison, because people don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're breaking boundaries and we're saying that God's healing and God's justice is for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go tell John he was right, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. So that's Advent 3. 
Okay, Advent 4. I have to preach this one, so I need to know something about this. Um, this is the exciting story of Mary and Joseph. Not the manger story, but this is the story of Joseph kind of discovering, oh crap, this woman I'm getting ready to marry is pregnant. And he's found out. And he's trying, he's very practical, Joseph. He's yeah. very kind and practical mm-hmm. because he, I think in the gospel reading, I didn't write it down, but I think it says, um, he was going to dismiss her quietly. Mm. So he wasn't going to make a big deal out of it because truly like, you know, Mary could have been killed or she certainly would have been ostracized yeah. and all these horrible things. And so he's kind of, he's figured out she's pregnant and he's like, Oh, this is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to have to just dismiss her quietly. And then this is the story of the vision that Joseph receives basically yeah. telling him, buddy, <laughs> you're not dismissing anyone <laughs> like this. You, your life plan is not God's plan. God's plan for you is different than what you could have ever anticipated. So this baby is coming. You and Mary are a part of the story of God. And this is the section of the gospel where we're told that the baby is to be called Emmanuel, mm-hmm. which means God with us. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, because this is Advent 4, I mean, this is like, it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that it's kind of from the point of view of a man who feels like his life just got ruined mm. um, because his wife had been unfaithful to him and they had this life planned together and they were just at the very beginning yeah. of what he thought their life was going to be. Mm-hmm. And he still is. And it's just a dramatic retelling of his life and Mary's life and God's story. And that is what, to me, is so cool about Advent, because you have all this kind of beautiful preparation, this beautiful kind of buildup that is literally from a 30,000 foot eschatological cosmic pot to, (laughs) hey, you're going to marry this woman and y'all are going to have this baby. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is... God with us. Your baby is Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. So it is literally from the very detailed, you know, in-depth part of people's personal lives that I think we're, we all walk that path with God. Mm-hmm. We all have these moments where we, we have a, a spiritual connected connection with God on this like huge level. We can see it in the way the world moves and we move in it. And then we have like our everyday our lives have been turned upside down or we're grieving or we're joyful about something. And that's God's in that too. Mm. And that is what I think is so beautiful about Advent because we're trying to paint with a broad stroke and a very detailed Mm. brush as well, as well. So that's why turn on your Christmas music, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Advent's coming (laughs) and it's the best part. (laughs) And now I'll let Sarah tell me about Christmas. <laughs> well, that very quick Bible study was awesome. And yeah. um, and if I could just add, if I could just add to your argument. I mean, you're wearing you, a cassock, so um, <laughs> I'm freezing. By the way, it's I very think, cold in this room that no, we're we're she did recording it to intimidate in. me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, and it's working. Yeah, that was my, my yes. Whole please point. add. So. I just came across um, a Mary Oliver poem that uh, that ends with stillness is one of the doors to the temple. Oh, and there's something cool about Advent and stillness and and waiting. And um, this is a 
this is a weird spiritual practice that I'll share with y'all that, that our family does. Um, and I, I got the idea from a priest friend of mine who talked about like coming up to the holidays and just having had a really rough year, like a lot of loss, mm-hmm. tremendous loss in her family. And, um, and she talked about like, um, decorating for Christmas and having all the Christmas lights everywhere. They took out every strain of Christmas lights they had and put them up mm. everywhere. And, um, the idea being, she was like, we need all the light mm. we can mm. get. And so what Mark and I do, um, is we come home after, you know, busy days. We have full, full yeah. days all through November and December. Yeah. And the house is decorated for Christmas. And I, I love our house decorated. Um, it's just, there's nothing like it. And we sit in our little parlor room and we turn on the, the gas logs and we turn out the lights mm. and we sit in darkness mm. and we will light the advent wreath and we don't do anything else. Mm. Like usually there's prayers, there's scripture readings that you do with yeah. an advent wreath ritual. Um, and we have those and occasionally we'll pull them out. But like the majority of the time, we just like sit there and stare at the candle and just kind of feel the stillness yeah. and feel the waiting. And that is the Advent practice for the Artie Graves household. Mm. I recommend I it to you. Yeah. And like as as a theme of Advent, that that we are like sort of listening to these these powerful stories unfold where God is making a new thing and we don't know what it is yet. And we are just kind of in limbo um, waiting for the next thing to unfold. And there's a gift in holding that tension and being present to it and anticipation, you know, and we're starving for stillness. Like we just don't, our society is the least conducive to stillness and quiet that I can imagine. I mean, we just have so much noise in this modern world in which we live. And I think about these stories, like these gospel stories, and you think about the times in which they were happening, where stillness and quiet were just a part of everyday life. They just didn't have the noise, the literal noise that we have. I think that's a wonderful practice. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Recommend it to you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yay Advent. Yay Advent. Yeah. Good stuff. Sarah, did Nancy change your mind? Well, <laughs> maybe a little. Okay. I mean, that was good. That was really good. Um, so in speaking about Christmas, I I just feel a little bit at a loss. It's kind of like talking about Easter because yeah. Christmas is Christmas. That's right. right. It is the culminating point of the year. Yeah. Um, it is the orienting date for all of us. And if you're like me and you have a summer birthday, and you get done with your birthday, you're like, well, no more presents till Christmas, yeah. right? Like we look ahead to Christmas being the next big event, the next big thing. There are presents, there are carols, there are parties, there are Christmas movies, <laughs> Lots. Um, there's Christmas music. We crave Christmas. We all have since we were little yeah. children, right? Oh, yeah. oh, like yeah. we look forward to this. Um, for a long, long time. It is such a cultural focal point that other religions or non-religious people will practice it too. <laughs> like yeah. we all have that Jewish friend or that yep. Muslim friend who's like, well, I guess I got to do Christmas because I'm you know, surrounded by other Christians, you know, and, and it's like addictive. You just have to participate in it. 
um, regardless of how you feel about it. It's often the time when people who haven't been to church in a while come back to church. Like yeah. it's, it's, we all feel inspired to do that. And, you know, in preparation for this argument, <laughs> I, um, I was telling Jason, I, I spent a little bit of the morning listening to Christmas music yeah, and getting like pumped up <laughs> for getting into this podcast. Um, and the last thing I, that I did before I left my office, before coming up here to record with you guys was I watched the like YouTube video of it's, it's almost two minutes long of um the charlie brown christmas mm. where the little monologue the little monologue yeah. where um these children are being so cruel yeah. to charlie brown because he just keeps messing up he can't direct their play well he goes out and he gets a terrible tree and <laughs> lucy being lucy is like can't you do anything right <laughs> and you're just like oh so cruel and charlie in his despair is just like can't anyone tell me what Christmas is all about. And Linus, his sweet friend Linus says, sure, I could tell you what Christmas is all about. And he goes to the center of the stage and he says, lights please. (laughs) (laughs) And everything drops down and talk about stillness. Like it is a still moment in in this sweet Christmas movie. And he reads or he recites the story from Luke. And the thing that's so lovely about that scene in this movie is that he's reading from the King James Version. And I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the King James Version. It's, it is a little uh, fanciful and like a little antiquated language. Yeah. Um, we don't use it as much as a Bible translation in the church. And in fact, the book, I, the Bible I have right here is the Revised Standard Version. Um, but like there's so many phrases from the Luke reading that are best read in King James. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what Luke, that's what Linus so beautifully captures. Um, and so Linus walks to the center of the stage and he says, and lo, there were shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, be not afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of a great joy, which will come to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And then the lights come up and he says, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. It's the best. It's mm. the best and moment. He, with his blanket. With yeah. his blanket. And his sweet voice. And his sweet little child voice. And th- there's something about that simple moment that captures Christmas, I yeah. think, for all of us. Mark and I watch that um, movie every Christmas day, usually. Mm-hmm. Like, we mm-hmm. even have it on the VHS tape. Oh, wow. Like, Ooh. we pull out the VCR for it because, you oh, know, wow. old school. I think it might even have that that CBS, like, special, yeah. the spinning wheel that's like, special. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't anticipate that as a kid. But it's it's a moment, I think, that is is so profound in a children's cartoon Christmas movie that really captures that something extraordinary happens in Christmas. And that yes, Advent is sacred and holy and leads up 
to this extraordinary moment. Um, it what happens in in Christmas is just incredibly monumental. Um, and one of the things that I brought to share with y'all to kind of further illustrate this um, is a, a Christmas hymn, or well, it's an anthem. Um, did either of y'all know William Billings? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So he's a hymn writer, um, and um, he has a couple of hymns that are in our hymnal. Uh, he's the one who wrote "When Jesus Wept." Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's a Lent song, um, and there are many of his uh, pieces and poems that have been put to um, like sort of four part choral harmony. Um, and one of these ones I was introduced to when I sang in the choir when uh, Mark was the choir director at Holy Cross in Tryon, mm-hmm. North Carolina. And um, I just was blown away by this. This is called Shiloh. And the word Shiloh is a, is a very old Hebrew word that shows up in the prophet Isaiah, and it means Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, I would love to just play this for you because it just like is the most gorgeous choral piece and it's in four part harmony and it's got a, it's got kind of a rousing kind of like spirit to it. Like you, you just sort of, um, you know, feel it when you, when you hear it, but I'm just going to read you the words. Um, and this is just sort of the, the Luke gospel that I just read you. Methinks I see an heavenly host of angels on the wing. Methinks I hear their cheerful notes. So merrily they sing. Let all your fears be banished hence. Good tidings I proclaim. For there is a Savior born today, and Jesus is his name. And this is to the shepherds. Lay down your crooks and quit your flocks to Bethlehem repair. And let your wandering steps be squared by yonder shining star. This is my favorite part. Seek not in courts or palaces, nor royal curtains draw, but search the stable, see your God extended on the straw. (laughs) That's good. That's good. See (laughs) your God extended on Uh the straw. Then learn from hence, ye rural swains, the meekness of your God, Mm. who left the boundless realms of joy to ransom you with blood. The master of the inn refused a more commodious place, ungenerous soul of savage mold and destitute of grace. And then the the song turns toward the the creatures in the stable um, and, and says to them, exult ye oxen low for joy, ye tenants of the stall, pay your obeisance on your knees, unanimously fall. The royal guest you entertain is not of common birth, but second in the great I am, the God of heaven and earth. Then suddenly a heavenly host around the shepherds throng, exulting in the threefold God, and thus address their song. To God the Father, Christ the Son, and Holy Ghost accord, the first and last, the last and first, eternal praise afford. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? It really is. Oh, I, I just, I always listen to this piece on Christmas Day. I'll send you guys a recording because yeah. it's so beautiful. Um, but there's, there's little points of theology 
intersected into this hymn that are are so important. And in this like very familiar backdrop that we have heard since we were children of the stable and the oxen and the uh, the horses and the cattle all gathered around the manger. Like we, we see that scene and the shepherds and the star. Um, but what I think Billings is doing here that is so fascinating is, is pointing, see your God extended on the straw. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yes. That's a great parallel. God has Beautiful. been born in human form and taken the most lowly place um, to ransom you with blood, to come and to to um, to save you. And I will end my argument with just a little glimpse of Christmas Day. So this is um, the passage that we read on Christmas Day. I don't think we read it this year because it wrote it's on that three-year cycle and I don't yeah. think this is the one that we read, but it's my favorite, so I'm just gonna read it anyway. Um, is the first chapter of John, um, which points to the uh, what, what, to Charlie Brown's question, what is Christmas really all about? Um, this is the way John, the gospel of John answers that question. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skipping ahead, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, and we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. So that's what we read on Christmas Day, Mm. and there is no manger, there is no shepherds, there's no angels, there's... There's a a mystical poem about the capital W word that existed before any of that. And it kind of draws into focus for us that the the story and John's gospel begins and the the gospel, the good news for all of us begins not with Jesus's birth, but with the birth of the cosmos Hmm. that in all of creation, that it was always God's intent for Jesus to one day be born and to be made flesh and for God of God's self to literally become part of creation by being a human being. And that is why Christmas is way better than Advent. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we did get super cosmic with both. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's a win-win, folks. There's no lose here. Yeah, yeah, there's no win-lose, but (laughs) like Advent points the way, I think, because it's it's eschatological all the way. Right. And you you said that really well. Like it's not just about Jesus's birth, like the sweet baby being born, but the it points all the way to Easter. Right. 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 Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That was you can't great. go wrong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Don't put your Christmas decorations out until after Thanksgiving, though. Or go ahead. No. It's fine. <laughs> you do you, okay? You do you. That's fair. <laughs> but not in Jason's house. Not in Jason's <laughs> <That's> house. <right. laughs> well, friends, the cases have been presented, and now the power is in your hands. In the episode description and links is a poll. Let us know who you think told the most compelling story. We'll be taking a short winter break, and I wanted to just take a moment to say thank you to all of you for listening. It's been really fun for all of us, and I'm particularly grateful for the staff and clergy 
who took time to share these stories with us. I also want to thank Chris Martin. Yay, Chris. Yay, Chris. <laughs> our sound engineer and my wonderful husband for all the hours he took making us sound good. Thank you. As I mentioned, we'll be back in February, and I'm really, really excited about the second half of this season. We have some really great episodes planned, and we will also hear some new voices coming on the show. So make sure and keep listening. Please like and subscribe if you want to hear more. You can also learn more on our webpage, thematchuppodcast.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening and voting. Have a wonderful Advent and Christmas. Bye. 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 See ya.